Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, July 15, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, let me give you a little taste test because you're going to want to pay attention today because A, we have stuff on the docket. B, you're going to want to pay attention to see what happened inside the numbers. And C, we're going to work backwards. What is that 434.75? Why is it on the page? And the closing price was 434.76, as you can see right up here in the right-hand corner. Just for kicks and giggles, on the hourly chart, the closing price today was 434.74. So we're down by two cents from the daily chart, and my line is at 434.75. And you have to wonder, well, what's the difference? So you put the line on the chart after the close in between the two numbers. And the answer is... No, I didn't. Let me explain. I said we were going to work backwards. Here's the end of Inside the Numbers. It's a no-when-to-fold-em kind of day. We'll get back to that later. Here's what I want you to pay attention to. If the bulls stay in control, they'll want to get over 434.75 by the close. We'll finish this one up with a, how you doing? And we'll get back to the chart to continue our discussion as normal. What's jumping off the page on the daily chart? They gapped down today. They basically closed them where they opened them. They dipped down a little further. They're still above all the moving averages. It was just a down day by one half of 1%. That's it. From a daily chart perspective, that's the end of the story. By the way, let me just wet your whistle again. When the market ran up to this spot before that one-day wonder sell-off, this is on the 7th, the high is 434 76. Sound familiar? And here's my point. Get out your notepad. If the market ran up to that spot and immediately had a reaction in the other direction, and when I say immediately, when you look at the daily chart, so it's the next day is immediately. Even though it went right back up, I have to take that as the market thinks that number is important. Therefore, I think it's important. Let's drill down a little bit, see if there's anything worthwhile. So what do we have here? We're looking at the 240 chart, and we have some garden variety stuff. Let's review. We have a 20-period moving average. We also have a breakup candle low. The low was 232.31, and today's low happens to be 232.72. Sometimes they get there, sometimes they don't. If you can find another reason that the market should find support in a specific area, that's fine. That's what we did earlier inside the numbers. But from a 240 chart perspective, this is pretty much what happened. They spiked below the 20 period moving average toward running a test of the breakup candle low and ended up snapping back and closed above the 20 period moving average. From a 240 chart perspective, they hadn't hit the 20 period moving average in a little bit of a while. Once back here and once over here, no guarantees that that price level was going to hold. You had to have other stuff. We had other stuff from inside the numbers. We're just looking at the 240 chart, doing the analysis, but this alone doesn't give you enough. You have to have more stuff. What about the 120 chart? Is there any more stuff on the 120 chart? Well, you had the 50 period moving average sloping up. They never touched it, but certainly of note, if for nothing else, same breakup candle low, but there's something else. Here, you have a standout breakdown candle. 
So therefore, here's what we can say. And this goes back to the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. goes back to the stuff we discuss here almost every single day. So one example is somebody might say, hey, where did you come up with that number? And here's the bottom line. The bottom line is every time I come up with a number, there are components right out of the course like this. Here you have a breakdown candle, and the high is what? 434.01. We'll call it 434 for argument's sake. Why is it important is the question. Again, get out the sticky note. Because when this one was created under normal garden variety conditions, meaning the majority of the time using the 80-20 rule, it's going to promote another move lower. They can retrace or they run a test of the breakdown candle high, but generally speaking, they're going to want to get rejected at that spot. Well, here, even though they started to get rejected, they actually busted through. To me, the market broke out over that area, and there's another reason why as well. So first, they run up to this spot. They develop a breakdown candle, which says that they should either retrace and then go lower or just go lower after a bearish flag, something like that. Well, they didn't do that. They busted over it, so they broke out over that spot. So what does that mean to me? That's a breakout spot, a breakout area. What do markets love to do? They love to come back and check in at former breakout and former breakdown areas. We talk about it all the time. 434 was a spot. By the way, here's the hourly chart. And by the way, in the first hour of the day, what was the low of day? 433.98. We're back to inside the numbers. We're going to skip around a little bit. We're going to cut right to the chase. This is the early thoughts, pre-market, zero dark 30. They were always going to want to run a test of 434. We talked about it over the last few days. Let's move along, see what else we have. Inside my head, 921, pre-market. If they drop them early into 434, give or take, there is a long intraday trade from where I sit. A spike of 434 is ideal. There's your trade. Hand it over on a silver platter. Market gets going, 436 is resistance. 434, give or take, is still a buy, 934. Showtime for the bulls by 940. They could spike it, but that's the buy zone. And by 941, there you go. Traders who took a long position need to book profit along the way, turn it into a risk-free, emotionless trade. Here's your five-minute chart right of the vertical, today's activity, and there you go. They come into 434, and they take off on a little bit of a rocket ride. They got up to about 435.50, so in S&P 500 terms, in ES terms, you're looking at about 15 handles. How you doing? But wait, there's more. And as we get going here, you'll notice it wasn't like flying blind or anything. We can't know or say they'll run a test of the high anytime soon, but they should at some point, 435.27, which is really pretty close to where they topped out. So traders at least had some guidance as opposed to flying blind, not knowing where to exit. You take profit along the way, and then you try and ride it out. Now, what I'm going to do from here is just scroll up. Read the notes. Go back to the chart. Double check the work. I'm going to show you something else. Part of the but wait, there's more routine. We got to get into the afternoon. So now we're going to start looking at, and by the way, here's a chart. Just a little bit of a learning opportunity. You see what they're doing. You want to get a visual, some commentary with the visual. Again, it's a three-pronged approach. 
Lazy e-mini trader is where you learn the foundation of how the market really works. You come here every day to get reinforcement. It's continuing education. And then the PhD of the thing is inside the numbers where you get the numbers, you get the commentary, you get constant intraday learning opportunities. All right, soapbox over. Let's keep going. Here you see 433.40 to 432.65 on the downside is the zone and should be support. And by the way, if you scroll up, that was also given out before lunchtime. Below the low, and they'll run a test of 433.40 to 432.65. Back to the chart for the visual, 433.40 is the line now. The second one you can't see because they never got all the way to the second price. So they stopped before that, turned around, went back in the other direction. Guess what? Trade number two. How about an afternoon delight? Apples? Yeah, we like them apples. Most people think it's a falling knife. They're headed to a destination. That's the way it works. All right, let's go back up here so you can read the rest. For traders that took the long trade down there, take profit along the way. They're doing what they should be doing, finding support in the zone. And basically, that was the bottom line until the end of the day when you see this here. Now, I signed off today at 223. Why? Because it's a no when to fold them kind of day. But I left everybody with this. If the bulls stay in control, they'll want to get over 434.75 by the close. So if you see them running higher into the end of the day, and you took heed in what I said about the number, a trader could have, and I'm not saying you needed to or everybody should have, I'm just saying a trader who was long could have rode it right up into that number. And there it is, and look what happened. Not that it's an important number or anything, but the second to last candle of the day runs right up and hits it, pulls back, and then the last candle of the day closes right on the spot. How you doing? Don't tell me that number's not important. Let's run through the stocks on the move. We had a pretty healthy list today. Remember, earnings season is upon us now, so the banks reported this week and other stuff started to report, and oh, by the way, next week and beyond, it's going to be a bonanza as it usually is. They come fast and furious. The opportunities will be endless. What you do with the opportunity is up to the individual trader, but the opportunities will be there in front of us. Out of this long list, we had four that hit their price objectives, EOG, NXPI, AZN, and MOXC down at the bottom. The rest did not. They're off the board. There are no trades. We don't want something at somebody else's number. We want it at our number, EOG. Went back and forth during the morning hours, finally came into the number late in the day. I don't know who's taking a trade late in the day like this, but the number worked any way you want to look at it. I like these things to hit in the morning. I want time on my side. Once the afternoon rolls around, the clock is a ticking. NXPI, two numbers on the board, they're close together, can make a case either one. They played some games early with the first number. You can see it here on this one minute chart. They come all the way down, pull up short, and have a pretty good rally away. Then they come back down again. So painting by the numbers, you want to take pause when something does that, especially right at the opening bell. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes they blow right through it. But the ones that jerk around, come up short, and keep going up before coming into the number, that's the one you want to be aware of. But when you have two numbers on the board that are rather close together, can make a case either way. So even if you took the first or just the second, you could see what happened after the fact. After hitting the second, they ran right back up to make a high of 198 
33. So any way you look at it, it was a winner-winner chicken dinner. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. How about AstraZeneca, AZN? Just flat out, didn't work. The number didn't work. I was wrong. It happens. Can't win every trade. That's the way it works. Just so you know what I was looking at. Here's the daily chart. There's a lot of support in here, but also here for the second number, I figured that was the safety net. Now think about what we just looked at on another chart, and then I'm going to have the same discussion. The market ran up here and was rejected. So isn't this important? Well, yeah, they pulled back to this one time, but I figured they would find support there at least from an intraday perspective, and that was wrong. However, the concept we've shown to work over and over and over again, and that's why I say nothing works 100% of the time, but that concept works the large majority of the time. Now, we're going to finish up on MOXC. This, for me at least, was a heartbreaker because I didn't take the trade. Why didn't I take the trade? Because it came in and it bantered back and forth until coming into the number. This isn't the manner in which we prefer. I passed on the trade, and guess what? This is the one that goes on the absolute redonkulous ride. If you remember from the list of stocks on the move, I only had one number. This was a make it or break it number. It was 2209 or bust, period, full stop. The stock hit a high today, almost 30. It was a high of 2970. The entry would have been 2209. Are you effing kidding me? And by the way, just so everybody feels a little bit better, when they did this little shimmy down, most traders, even if they were still holding a portion of the trade, would have been stopped out anyway. They would have been scared away, didn't want to let the remaining profit go away, all that stuff. Me, most likely included. Who knows what would have happened, coulda, shoulda, woulda. We're looking at the rocket ride. Sometimes it's just fun to see how the numbers work. You don't get these very often, but they do happen. What about Camp IWM? Pretty interesting little tail candle here underneath the moving averages after being down for several days in a row. What will be more interesting is where they close the week. There are so many pivots on this daily chart with the IWM, including the weekly chart, obviously. The pivots are on all the charts that you really don't know which pivot is going to be more meaningful than the next pivot. you got to come up with something else. We came up with the weekly chart. That's my number. We've been working off of it for quite some time. They've threatened to close below it many, many times. They haven't closed the week below it yet. Guess what? Here we go again, leading into the end of the week, Friday. Where are they today? Right on top of the number. They closed a few pennies below on Thursday. Let's see what happens on the weekly close. It will be very interesting. But there's more. We talked about the monthly chart a number of times on the IWM. This is a monthly chart that's beginning. It's beginning to say something. We talked about the fact that this chart topped out in March. This is my favorite market-leading indicator. Am I taking cues from the IWM? Well, yeah, and that's why I want to explain something. Back to the daily chart. Look at them on top of that number. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? I'm telling you, the market knows about that number. They're crowdsourcing the number. But I want to talk about something a little bit off the beaten track tonight on the IWM. I always say it's my favorite market-leading indicator, so I do take a lead from the IWM. 
Most of you know that there's a service called Lazy Swing Trader. We've been short the IWM for weeks. While the S&P was grinding higher, we've been slowly grinding in the money on the IWM. Where was the position taken? It was taken right about the 22nd or 23rd over here, somewhere right in here. So I was a couple of days early. This was the top on the retracement, and then they fell ever since. So it was a couple of three days early here, but the price to get short the IWM was about 228 at the time. I suggested traders take it with put options. I did so myself. So those put options, depending on where you got them, are in the money, roughly 25%, give or take. Not every position in the lazy swing trader is a winning position, but the majority are very similar to stocks on the move. Thought it was worth an honorable mention. Taking a peek over at the RSP again, we've got the same routine. We've got the lower high scenario intact. They're hanging around the convergence of these moving averages, so I think the close of this week and leading into the beginning of next week will prove to be very important. The folks down at the transportation department, anything material happening here? Well, they didn't do much today. We have the pattern inside of the pattern. We have this little up candle here, and what that's doing is forming what we like to call some kind of a bullish flaggish thing. This is a little breakup candle inside of a breakdown candle. So really, the line in the sand is here, getting over the moving averages, over the breakdown candle high, and if the pattern inside plays out, that's exactly what they'll be doing. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and how they conclude on Friday. Do we conclude with a bullish floater Friday, or does something else happen in the market leading into the weekend? What about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Q people? They had a down day. They're still above all the moving averages, so yes, it was a down day, but on the daily chart, nothing material happened. On the 120 chart, they were riding the 20-period moving average. When that failed, what was the safety net? The 50-period moving average right underneath, at least for today. When you look at the hourly chart, it shows somewhat of a weaker intraday type of tape. It would have been more logical for them to find some kind of a bottom at the 100, but guess what? The trend is your friend until she throws you off the balcony. Down day, they bounce the market. Wherever they bounce the market, the trend is your friend. So not getting to somewhere on the downside in what really is a very strong uptrend is not a surprise. However, on the down day, you'll also notice that all of a sudden, the volume pops over the average 90-day volume. That tells us at least there was some additional participation as the market was declining. That's typically the case. Checking in with the SPY volume, that wasn't the case. We had less than the average 90-day volume as opposed to the QQQ. Of note, not as much participation in the SPY. Might as well get the trifecta. Volume on the IWM was very good. That could be a temporary bottom. We don't know yet. If they finished near or on the lows with heavy volume, I would say there's likely more to come. Tomorrow will be very important for the IWM. Where do they close it Friday, 4 p.m.? The financials, nothing doing here just yet. They're doing the same thing they've been doing. It's the same discussion, same price areas, no change. Interestingly enough, just like the transports, we have the same pattern inside of a pattern, 
and we have the 20 period moving average on the weekly chart that they're riding. So they're either going to give this up or they're going to try and rally it up a little bit away from the 20 period moving average. We'll see what happens into the weekly close. About Smash Mouth, that was a pretty good drubbing today behind the woodshed type of day for Smash Mouth. Down almost 3%, 7 bucks. You have to take heed in that. That's not out of nowhere. When you have a larger down day, that's the way the chart is really jumping at you. It's telling you something. When I say I like to look at the daily chart, what's jumping off the page? When I see a candle like today's, cuts through the 20 period moving average. Now it wasn't all that important. They've sliced through it back and forth of late. So it's not as important if they came into it from far away, for example. But when you see a larger candle from near the highs, for example, you have to take notice of that, especially on heavier volume. Again, against the 90 day average volume, it was pretty heavy today. So you have to take notice. This is of note. It is a puzzle piece. It's on the table. The Smash Mouth or SMH, Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, is a pretty good proxy for the tech space. We know that tech is in the stratosphere. Sooner or later, this thing's going to crack. I'm watching everything like a hawk, and you're getting my best effort. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.